Hey there, it's Dr. Nazanin Mo'oli, and I want to chat with you about a key ingredient for a fabulous date night, feeling sexy. And come on, let's be real. What you wear plays a big part in how you rock that confidence. That's why I'm thrilled to introduce you to Quince. Quince brings you premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30, along with washable silk tops, 40-carat gold jewelry, and more. And guess what? All of their goodies are priced 50 to 80% lower than similar brands. By teaming up directly with top factories, Quince skipped the middleman and hands us the saving. Plus, they stick to factories with safe, ethical practices and top-notch fabrics and finishes. How awesome is that? Picking from Quince's website was tough because they have a ton of fabulous choices. I ended up going for their 100% washable silk sleep dress in champagne. And let me tell you, my husband was floored. He's convinced whoever rocks this is in for a blast. I'm going to record some content on that dress so you can see how fabulous is that dress. Elevate your date night style with Quince. Pop over to quince.com slash sexology for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's quince.com slash sexology to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash sexology. Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Have you ever wondered how fear of abandonment and attachment issues could affect your sex life? Are you curious about the ways in which your early childhood experiences might shape your attachment style and influence your sexual behavior? Also, how can you and your partner navigate these issues and maintain a healthy, fulfilling sexual relationship? So if you ever wondered about any of these questions, this episode is for you. This is part of the request that you guys had to talk more about psychology of the relationships and at the heart of it is attachment styles. With our esteemed guest, Dr. Morgan Anderson, a clinical psychologist, attachment theory expert, author, and host of the top-rated podcast, Let's Get Vulnerable, we'll be answering these questions and more. Today, we're going to talk about what is insecure attachment and how does it affect sexual relationships. We're going to talk about fear of abandonment in people and how it connects to our attachment style. We're going to talk about what specific behaviors or actions may trigger fear of abandonment in individuals with various attachment style. And more importantly, we're going to talk about strategies or therapies that can help with repairing some of these challenges. Join us as we explore this crucial topic with Dr. Morgan Anderson, a powerful voice for women's healing and a thought leader in the relationship space. With over 40K Instagram followers, more than 2 million podcast downloads, and a best-selling 
new book, Love Magnet, Dr. Morgan's Insight are sure to enlighten and inspire. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. The handle is at Sexology Podcast, where we have over 300 informative and engaging videos for you to explore. If you have any questions, feel free to submit them through the link below. All you need to do is ask your question, record your voice, and I'll answer it either in my podcast or my YouTube or perhaps both. All right, let's embark on this journey together and unravel the mysteries of attachment styles and their impact on our sex lives. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Morgan back on our show. Dr. Morgan, welcome to our show. So good to be back. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about our conversation today. Well, I know many of our listeners, they were interested to learn more about attachment theories. How does it show up in the relationship? And I know that's that's what you teach to your clients, to your listeners. Briefly, for people who are not familiar with attachment theory, can you tell us a little bit about what you mean when we're talking about attachment? Yes. So attachment theory started back in the 1950s with John Bowlby, Mary Ainsworth. And originally we were looking at the relationship between child and caregiver. And what happened is we we're able to take the information from that research and apply it to romantic relationships. Basically, in a nutshell, understanding attachment theory is understanding how you show up in relationships, why you do the things that you do in relationships, and helping you understand why you are attracted to the people that you're attracted to. So it's very, very helpful knowledge when you're dating, when you're trying to find your person. I'll always tell people that attachment theory can feel like the missing piece of the dating puzzle. And once you understand it, you can feel like everything clicks and you know why you do what you do, why you're attracted to people you're attracted to. And everything gets easier when you understand it. Well, I love that you talk about the missing piece. And I, I'm surprised how many people, they don't know about attachment theory. And it almost feels like a template that when you know your template and you can see what's happening in the relationship, you can adjust accordingly and kind of make changes if, if necessary. So there are different types of attachment style and we have secure and insecure group of attachment style. It's like the reason I'm smiling, I have a client that she's also in the mental health field and she, she was part of her therapy group. And she said, has anyone seen these secure attachment people? <laughs> because it feels like most people fall in within an insecure attachment kind yeah. of spectrum based on her experience. I wouldn't go to the degree of saying there's no or a little number of people who have secure attachment, but many people grow up in the conditions and circumstances that now they have experienced insecure attachment as, as part of their attachment style. Tell us what is insecure attachment style and how it can impact our sexual connections. I love this so much. We get to nerd out today on my favorite topic. And you know, it's funny, a lot of people say that to me too, of like, well, where are these securely attached people, right? We can feel like they just don't exist. The funny thing is research shows that there's actually about 50% of the population that shows up securely attached. And what what's happening is when we fall into the insecure attachment styles, which we'll talk about, when we fall into that group, we're just simply not attracted to the securely attached folks. So we don't even think they exist, right? So 
It's so wild when you start to do the work and you move towards secure attachment. You can feel like all of these securely attached partners just fell from the sky and all of a sudden they're here. And it's like you've been able to rewire your brain, move to secure attachment, and now you're attracted to them, whereas in the past you might not have been. So I am fascinated by by that idea that we just were were attracted to people that fit our template, that fit our beliefs about relationships. And if we fall in an insecure attachment style, we're just missing out on such a big group of people who could love us really well. So I love that. And then, yeah, to answer your question, there's three attachment styles that would fall in the insecure attachment style group or the dysregulated attachment system is another way to think about it. Obviously, there's anxious attachments. We have avoidant attachment style. And then we have disorganized attachment style, also known as fearful avoidant. And with anxious attachment, I'm going to break it down so simple so that anyone can understand. But with anxious attachment, you are prioritizing the relationship above yourself. And a lot of times you're putting your partner on a pedestal and you have fear of abandonment and you're really showing up doing anything that you can to maintain the relationship. So you might struggle with setting boundaries, communicating your needs, and you might be really vulnerable to being codependent or really changing who you are to try to morph into the person that you're dating. So a lot of times anxious attachment, this is the person who says like, oh, I lost myself in dating and I became just like my partner. One other piece with anxious attachment, no matter how much reassurance you get, from your partner, you'll still have that fear of abandonment. So it's almost like your partner is pouring reassurance into a bucket with holes in it. You're just not going to be able to internalize the reassurance that they give you. Yeah. Well, that's such a great way of putting it, like more clarifying follow-up question about that. So what, what we're hearing here is that it could be, could have nothing to do with our partner and what they're doing. And it could be all based on our past experiences unfolding again in front of our eyes in a way to create this experience for us. Exactly. Exactly. And I should have said this first. I'll say it now. We really have a spectrum of attachment styles. I like to think of it as like your attachment toolbox and you have percentages of different styles in your toolbox. So Maybe 75% of the time you're showing up anxious and the other 25% you're showing up secure. So I think it's really important to realize you can have multiple different strategies that come from from different attachment styles. Yes. The next style, avoidant attachment style. This is someone who really struggles with connection and they'll struggle with intimacy specifically fears of depending on others. And if we get really down to the core, they have a fear that they're not a good partner. So they may have a fear that I'm just bad at relationships or they have a fear that other people are going to let them down. They develop hyper independence. They are incredibly independent, rely on themselves. This is the person that you go on a great date with them and then you don't hear from them for two weeks and you're like, what the heck happened? They disappeared off the face of the earth. Like it can be so frustrating. Yeah, this is that the avoidantly attached person is someone who really struggles with intimacy. They want to be independent. One of their biggest fears is losing themselves in a connection. They 
do not want to get too close to you. Essentially, being close is scary for them. And I think it's really important to realize, I know I said this earlier, but avoidant attachment, one of the biggest fears is that they're not a good partner. Like they just have beliefs that they're not good at relationships. So they just feel much more comfortable being independent. And this looks like someone who is pulling away. They're not able to express their emotions very well. And a lot of times it's not only that they struggle to express their emotions to their partners. They also really struggle to connect to themselves. So they're, they're a lot of times very disconnected from themselves. And they're always going to prioritize their independence over the relationship. Remember, with anxious attachment, you're prioritizing the relationship over self. And with avoidant attachment, you're prioritizing self over the relationship. And I, I do want to say that a lot of times avoidant attachment gets confused with narcissistic tendencies. But the difference is it's out of fear that they're showing up this way. Whereas with a narcissist, they're showing up that way out of trying to control and manipulate. So I think it's always really important to make that distinction. Because I see people getting called out for, oh, it's a narcissist, but actually it's just avoidant attachment. And then so the final stage or the sorry, the final attachment style is disorganized attachment or fearful avoidant. This is only about 5% of the population. And this is always, well, most most likely correlated with childhood trauma. And this is where you are using both anxious and avoidant attachment strategies, and they are flip flopping quickly. So there's a difference between having both anxious and avoidant strategies versus you're going to pendulum swing between the two, which is what we get with a disorganized attachment style where it's really unpredictable. Are you going to show up with an anxious strategy or an avoidant strategy? This is someone who really, really struggles with intimacy. They have deep fear of abandonment and they also have that deep need for independence and self-reliance. And they will usually take two steps forward in a relationship, two steps back. And it can just be really big emotions, really emotionally dysregulating and a very painful experience for them to, to be dating. So this is definitely a challenging style. And then we have secure attachment. I always like to talk about secure where we all want to be. And this is where you value the relationship with yourself and you value your partner. You know that you can have both intimacy and independence. You realize that you can take care of your needs and you can also ask for support from your partner. You're able to express your needs, set boundaries, ask for for what you want, which definitely applies to sex as well, like being able to communicate and ask for what you want. And you value love, you value intimacy, you know that it's an important part of your life and you have ways to take care of yourself and also get that love from others as well. So secure is where, where we all want to be. And there are secure people, folks out there, it's a 50% of people. Yeah. Yes. We might have a wrong filter on for now if we have not worked through kind of like correcting our attachment style or moving more toward the secure attachment style. And also, we, when you were talking about avoidant attachment styles, thinking about several of my clients, that what's, what's challenging for them is that partner sex can get de-eroticized for them in a way. Like if they're in a committed relationship, I have that sometimes they share with me that it's easier for them to either go outside the relationship or they watch porn because of that of that dynamic in the relationship at times lead them to lose their sexual charge 
which goes back to their kind of attachment style and how important it is for us to know about our attachment style. And I know with the anxious attachment style, I love that you were talking about this fear of abandonment, perceived fear of abandonment, and that can show up in our relationships, specifically in sexual context in so many different ways. For example, agreeing to doing things that maybe you might not be as enthusiastic about. You're just saying it at the beginning of the relationship to keep the person interested, but it might not be aligned with what you want. So I'm curious, what, how do you see the attachment styles influence sexual dynamic in relationships? I think it's such a big role and a lot of people don't realize it. And when we have a partnership where it's anxious avoidant and that's the dynamic a lot of times their communication and their ability to create reassurance outside of sex it just isn't there a lot of times in that anxious avoidant dynamic sex is one of the only tools being used to create that ooh connection we're good that can be why sex can feel so intense in those kind of dynamics because maybe you're not getting that reassurance you you don't know that your partner's going to be there you're not showing up in emotional ways outside of the bedroom so then when people get into let's say a more secure dynamic and they're getting their needs met outside of the bedroom and it feels different and they have that safety they might struggle with creating that same kind of passion that they had in anxious avoidant dynamics right so i think i think it's just very important to to understand ourselves and know where we're at so that we know what's going on and that that we can create that passion no matter what our attachment style dynamic is and if you are anxious avoidant you want to still be working on moving to secure outside of the bedroom like the bedroom can be wonderful it can be a great tool to deepen connection but you also need to communicate and talk and create emotional connection outside of the bedroom i love that and the pressure it creates it's if you're only counting on your sexual connection as a form of reassurance and kind of feeling connected with your partner it could be one element of it but things can happen in life whether health-wise, have like overall life stressor that might impact our openness to have sex. And that can translate to person feeling rejected and feeling abandoned. So I love that we're talking about it. How can people move towards secure attachment? Is that something that's fixed? I know we talked about it coming from our childhood and our experiences with our caregiver, but is there a solution for adjusting or moving towards secure attachment? for people who are in the insecure category. Yes, I have so much evidence that yes, we can move towards secure attachment. Definitely my clients would agree with me on that. And I think one of the things to think about is there's both your own personal ownership. So you taking ownership of how can I move myself towards secure attachment? And then if you're in a partnership, there's also the partnership role. So, you know, in any couple, it's three entities, two individuals and the partnership. So you can you can definitely take ownership yourself. But then as a couple, you also have to agree, hey, we want to move this relationship towards secure attachment. And you have to be really open and honest about doing that work together as well as individuals in order to help move towards secure attachment 
And that's what I've dedicated my life and research to is helping people do this. Some of the key things that I help people with are beliefs. So doing really deep belief work about yourself and then belief work about relationships. So whatever your relationship template has been examining those unconscious beliefs that are causing you to show up in a certain way and have certain behaviors. And then I always teach people about emotional regulation and then mindfulness, self-compassion and learning how to use mindfulness, self-compassion to move towards secure attachment in the moment. Tons of identity development work on developing the identity of the securely attached version of you. How does she show up? How does she handle her emotions? How does she speak? Securely attached communication, right? So there's there's all these ways to move towards secure attachment. But if you're going to do it in a partnership, both people have to want to do it. And I, I have seen that as I know you have too, right? Where you have highly motivated couples where they do want to do it and they do the work and that's beautiful. But I can tell you this, as you know, we can never convince someone to want to do the work. They they have to want to do it. So if you have two people that want to work on themselves and want to work on the relationship, you can absolutely move a partnership to secure attachment. I agree with you. I've seen people who are motivated couples that they, they kind of are able to shift the relationship more in a secure attachment mode and help each other out with kind of like building that security and comfort in the relationship. But I also seen in the, like one partner in a, this dynamic being more motivated or only the person that's motivated. I, I would say like that, that would, with that situation, you can make still some changes. But if you want to see the best result, as you mentioned, both people need to be motivated. And I think the other piece of it, it comes with us being honest about our vulnerability with ourselves, right? I think it's easy for people to kind of like point your finger to others saying that this is my partner, do this. That's why I feel I feel this way. But sometimes it feels like when we're in different relationship, we're having the same experience over and over again. And as you said, partly could be we're getting attracted to same kind of attachment style because of our own attachment style. And also we are kind of repeating the same pattern. So as it's a journey for people to work through kind of like together with a profiles like yours or with books and therapy towards a secure attachment style, what do you recommend them to do on daily basis? For example, if someone has a fear of abandonment, this is something that I, I hear a lot that gets triggered. What do you recommend them to do on a daily basis? Great question. And I think there's a few things, but one of the things that stands out to me is intentionally practicing emotional regulation. That's just a no-brainer. So learning how to have your emotions go from a tsunami, from these big waves to baby waves where we can ride the waves of emotions. And there's all kinds of different strategies for that. I mean, whether it's meditation or learning deep breathing or journaling techniques. But I, I definitely think getting good at regulating your emotions is an absolute necessity because if we're emotionally dysregulated, we're just not going to be able to show up well in a relationship. The next thing that I have a lot of my clients do is working on your self-trust. And one of the exercises I have for this is where you're intentionally tuning in. So you're tuning inwards multiple times a day. 
I'll have my clients set a timer on their phone for three times a day. And they're just tuning inwards and they're asking themselves the question, what do I feel right now? So openly and honestly, what are your emotions? What are you really feeling? And then the next question is, what do I need in order to feel better supported? So this is so helpful for learning to tune inwards, figuring out what your emotions are, and then saying, how can I support myself? And then you would want to follow up with that with behaviors. So if it was, hey, I need to go take a walk or, hey, I need to call a friend or I need to have a hot bath tonight and go to bed early, you honor whatever whatever it is that you need to feel better supported. And over time, you start to trust yourself more and that helps to, to regulate your emotion because you're tuning in all the time instead of having these big emotional dis- dysregulations, right? I agree with you. And that's a very powerful tool. Kind of think about even inside the bedroom. What do I need to feel comfortable? What do I need to feel better about this situation? Because no one teaches us about kind of sexual interactions, a little, like many people don't even have basic sexual education. So I can feel very overwhelming when things are not going well in the bedroom. And it's easier for people to feel defective or kind of I'm losing the relationship. But that is so wonderful to kind of think about what can I do to make that situation easier for myself or better for myself? Whether it's, as you mentioned, that cultivating tools or could be communicating with our partner. If the partner is someone that we can trust and that moment, it's a good moment. How do you recommend people to communicate their insecurities? For example, if they get very triggered in the moment. I really feel like at first, when you're learning all of this and you're beginning to do the work, it's going to be so helpful for you to pause for as long as you can, right? To like pause, take some deep breaths. And because I often think that sometimes we bring things to our partner that are actually meant for us. And they're very vulnerable, personal things. And we're just kind of giving it all to our partners. So I love for for my clients to be able to pause and kind of intentionally share the things that are actually helpful for the relationship and the things that the partner can help with, right? So I would say, I mean, definitely learning to pause. And then when you're communicating, I know you know this, you've probably talked about it before on this show, but really taking ownership of your experience, using the I statements, being able to say, I felt blank when this happened. The story I'm telling myself is, you know, using that kind of language where you're taking ownership, that allows our partners to hear us. They don't feel the need to get defensive. You are taking ownership of your experience. Your experience is your experience. No one can take it away. So I think it's it's just really important to parse out what can I share with my partner and what's just for me and then using that language of ownership where you're you're owning your experience. And then I want to tell this to everyone, you never do this perfectly. There's no like, oh, I'm a perfect communicator now that never happens. You will mess it up and it will just get easier and easier and easier the more you do it. Well, Dr. Morgan, I I really liked when you talked about first reflecting on what's yours and what do you want to share with your partner? Because sometimes when, when we're, have, and I'm guilty, guilty of this, like we're processing things as we're communicating with our partner. But when things are difficult, that can kind of make their message confusing. We might not be as clear as what we would need from our partner. And also, if they are also in that moment highly activated, 
they might they might not be able to meet you. So I, I like that you're talking about pausing and focusing on sharing what would be useful to share. How can we know what is useful to share? That's a great question. So I will have my clients kind of take it through a filter. And the filter is, is this helpful to our relationship? So, and the whole, the whole question is, does this help us become a more securely attached couple? If the answer is yes, if it's something that I know is going to help strengthen our relationship and help us move towards secure attachment, and it's a, maybe it's something that needs to be repaired, right? In order for us to be more secure, then by all means, it's really important for me to share it. But if it's not going to help us become stronger and move towards secure attachment, there just might be some more processing that I need to do with my therapist, right? Or that I need to do with a coach or my journal. And it may not be beneficial to share it with my partner. I love the word intentional. I always talk about instead of just happily ever after, we have to be intentionally happily ever after with our partners. And we we deserve to show up intentionally and our partners deserve that that we show up intentionally as well. Well, I think that's wonderful for people to have that shelter. I'm thinking about Bill. I know one of our colleagues said, what would love do? <laughs> yeah. Thinking about what would help our relationship to yeah. move toward the place we want. And is this a helpful feedback or not? And if not, as you said, you're welcome to share it, but you want to make sure that you're intentional about that. Is that something that you really seeking repair or you want to communicate on your feeling versus just kind of like saying, saying negative things because you're dysregulated and that's not going to help with kind of like moving the relationship in the right direction. I know that you have tons of great content, but before we share that with our listeners, anything else that you think would be important for our listeners to know when it comes to attachment style and abandonment that we haven't talked about? Yeah, I think. One of the things to realize is when you are moving to secure attachment, it can feel really different. And if you've never had a securely attached relationship before, you might be really thrown off by it. And sometimes you can even think like, oh, this is boring or like there's no spark. When in reality, secure attachment gets better with time. It deepens over time. It's a deeper connection. So it's a, it's a whole different emotional experience from an anxious avoidant dynamic. So I would just want people to realize that when you show up differently, you have different results. So you're, you're different. So allow the relationship to be different and really remember secure is sexy, right? Like secure attachment allows me to be my full self, not just in a relationship, but how I show up in the world and how I show up in all my relationships. So just really appreciating secure attachment for what it is and just allowing it to be a different experience than experiences you've had in the past. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of these great wisdom with our listeners. So tell us if people want to learn more about your courses, the things that you offer, what are some of the places that they can find you? Yes, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation. It went by so fast. My podcast is a great resource. I have a podcast called Let's Get Vulnerable. And I talk so much about attachment theory, all things relationships on on the show. I also have an Instagram, Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. And then I also have a book that just came out. It is called Love Magnet, Get Off the Dating Roller Coaster and Attract the Love You Deserve. 
It's available on Amazon. If you just search Love Magnet, Dr. Morgan, and it is so experiential and has exercises. It's a lot of what you would need to help you move towards secure attachment. I should mention too, I have an attachment style quiz in my Instagram bio. I know we talked about attachment style. So if you're curious, like what percentage you are or where you fall, you'll want to check out that quiz in my Instagram Excellent. Well, we'll leave the link to the information in our show. And thank you so much again. It was lovely to have you back on our show. And hopefully we can continue this conversation in future. Yes. Thank you so much. I loved it. Together with Dr. Morgan, we've shed light on insecure attachment styles, early childhood experiences, fear of abandonment, and strategies to manage these challenges in the bedroom. Remember, it's absolutely possible for you to change your attachment style with self-awareness, understanding, and the right therapeutic support. You can transform your attachment patterns and build healthier, more fulfilling relationships. I know that through therapy and education, I was able to change my attachment style and now mostly I'm secure. So if you are curious to more about attachment style, maybe you want to check out Dr. Morgan's podcast, Let's Get Vulnerable. As we wrap up, don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Sexology Podcast, where we have tons of entertaining and insightful videos. Some will be interview clips. The other would be me answering your questions. And if you have a question, make sure you're dropping it in the link below. We have a link specifically that I'm the only one listening to it and you can record your voice. And if your voice gets selected, I'll reshare it in the podcast on our YouTube channel anonymously. All right, until next time, keep the conversation going and embrace the endless possibilities for growth and connection. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.